Hello and welcome to A Sporting Discussion, your podcast that discusses sports of all sorts. I am Andrew Donison, and I'm joined by a man who won't be giving up his premiership medal for anyone, AJ Mithen. Hello, AJ. Massive show this week, Andrew. Massive show. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. This week, we are looking at a season wrap for the AFL, a season wrap for the NRL, following the grand finals for both of those competitions on the weekend. We'll have a a quick look ahead to the upcoming A-League, NBL and WNBL seasons, and we'll also wonder whether Australian cricket is looking any brighter. Hmm. Mm. Not uh, really. No. <laughs> Spoiler short, alert. Short answer. Not really. <laughs> As we always say, a discussion is two ways. Us here at ASD Stadium and you, the listeners. So get in contact with us via Twitter at ASD underscore podcast or facebook.com slash a sporting discussion so we can make sure we're talking about issues that are of interest to you. AJ, let's get into things with confirmations and corrections from the research division. Oh, this this could take a while. This might need to be spread over two episodes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been it was an ordinary week last week, both, I, both in podcast recording and in our tipping. I got everything wrong in my tipping, AJ. Well, I got Cronulla, but we'll get we'll get to that. I have to start though with an apology to our listeners who love net, who love netball. Uh, last week again, when I was talking about the mighty Eagles of Echuca, I said they lost by one point. Everyone knows I meant to say one goal, but it happened again. So sorry, sorry, pedants. Uh, I can't guarantee it won't happen again, but you can. I'll, I will guarantee that I'll apologise for it again. Moving on to our grand final tips, Andrew, Sydney by eight goals. Lance Franklin winning the Norm Smith. No, no, and no. Just a touch off. Melbourne Storm winning by a margin I can't remember. And you had Cooper Cronk winning the Clive Churchill medal. No, no, and no. Oh, dear. Could not just... Let's not even go into how far <laughs> away I was. This, yeah. One of the worst uh, finals tipping I think I've ever seen from oh, you and yep. from me. Yeah, no, I was horrible. <laughs> oh, AJ, uh, you had Sydney three goals and Luke Parker... Never really in the hunt. No, Luke Parker did kick the first goal. Did he? What? You yeah. don't get normal for that, though. No. <laughs> then you said Cronulla easily. So, tick. Oh. It, hang on. You, you said Cronulla. <laughs> I said Cronulla. Tick. Yes. Easily. Easily. No. no. And Maloney, the Churchill medalist. Let me tell you something, Andrew. At half time of that grand final, I was sitting back with a whiskey in my hand and my feet up going, how good am I? How knowledgeable am I about this game? Because Maloney had made some very telling busts, hadn't he? He was the best player on the field by a mile yeah. in the first half. And, and uh, yes. And then, it all comes crushing down. So... But it's all right. So we're a combined, what, one from six, <laughs> if you take out the easily part. Yeah. <laughs> just to just say I tip Cronulla. No, we're one from, <laughs> we're one from 12. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, AJ, all of that pales into insignificance. Good friend of the show, Adrian Moran from yes. the Durham Castle Arms in Canberra. He doesn't let us forget things. The internet never forgets, and neither does Adrian Moran. The quote that he he sent us a tweet, and, and I'll read it word for word. I remember two people predicting the dogs would end up 12th this season. And I stand by that. <laughs> <laughs> I stand by the fact that we did say that. Yes, I stand by the fact that we said that as well. No, um, look, there's a few things we got right. There are many things we got wrong. And uh, mea culpa. 
You yeah. know, happy, oh. to be, happy to be wrong. Happy to be wrong. It was a great, great story, the dogs winning the flag. We'll get into yeah. that a little, bit li- a little bit more in depth later in the show. There was one final confirmation or correction from Dave Brown brought this up. He reminded us that Adelaide had actually won three finals to qualify for the 1997 AFL Grand Final. So mm, Western, Bulldogs, Western Bulldogs weren't the first to do that, but it was a different final system. They finished well, fourth. That, that doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. Mm. They finished fourth on the ladder. They defeated West Coast, who had finished fifth, then Geelong, who had finished second. In the highly memorable Lee Colbert mark, Gary Hocking goal not paid game at Football Park. Ah, uh, yes, yes. yes. The, then they defeated the Western Bulldogs even the more, in the even more highly memorable oh, yes. Tony Liberatore in Paul Hudson's arms. Did he kick a goal? Did he kick a point? He History a says point. it was a point. And then they went on to defeat St Kilda. So they, they beat the top five, well, the other four teams in the top five to win the premiership. Well done them. Well done, Adelaide. Thanks, Dave Brown. We will go on to our topical recap, proudly brought to you by Ultimate AFL Trivia. Search for them on Facebook to get daily AFL-related trivia questions. They also run Trivia Nights. Uh, it's the business end of the, the sporting seasons, so why not get them on board to add a little bit of razzle-dazzle to your end-of-season celebration? Keep your AFL dreams going with, some ultimate, with an Ultimate AFL Trivia Night. They can come to your sporting club and they'll run that AFL-themed Trivia Night. Whereabouts? Anywhere in Australia. It was a big week on social medias, AJ. It was. Uh, we got. Oh, there's been quite a bit actually. There's, there's a lot of tweets, a lot of Facebook, uh, a lot of Facebook uh, communication. So we're, we're not going to be able to get to all of it. Sorry, but we'll just get to a few. We got uh, a comment from Evan Williams uh, who uh, said, "Nice spot on the ABL last week. Thank you, Evan. Thank you." Um, he says, I remember a number of years ago, there were rumours of a new stadium at Monash University to replace Altona. Monash University, for those who aren't in Melbourne, is in the suburb of Clayton, mm. uh, reasonably southeastern-ish. Near, near the old VFL Park yeah. ground. Yeah, that's a good reference. Um, that's a missed opportunity, Evan says. There was also talk of multi-purposing Punt Road. Maybe that can be put back on the cards. I agree 100% with Punt Road. Wouldn't that be good? That'd be fantastic. They yeah. use it... Well, they used to use it for state uh, cricket uh, because there used to be a cricket pitch there, but the cricket pitch was taken out and Richmond Cricket Club was moved uh, uh, to accommodate the football team there. And so but, and Richmond Footy Club do use it now as their, their training base. Well, so. they train there. They also go out to – they've got somewhere. I think they're one of those teams that trains out in Cranbourne for some reason as well. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I could be wrong on that, but I'm not going to go and look to correct it because we had enough trouble this week. <laughs> yes. Um, in the light of all the premierships uh, on the weekend, Andrew, uh, the Western Bulldogs and Cronulla, mm. uh, we had a comment from Sean McLaughlin. Yes, 2016, the year of the outcast. We had Leicester City, Cleveland Cavaliers, Footscray slash Western Bulldogs, Cronulla Sharks. Is this the year for the long-suffering Adelaide BBL fans, Sean asks? (laughs) Well, I don't know. We'll have to ask Dave Brown, who's our guru of all all sports South Australian. I think, but it's true. There was a lot of unexpected victors, and you know, Portugal. Thirty-three years they had had been since they had played their first game in the Euro. Oh, and, they won and the Euro. They won the That's Euro. Right. Yeah. One hundred and thirty-two years for Leicester, for, like from them entering the competition to winning. Just between you and I, it'll be double that until before they win it again. Oh God, yes. Cleveland was forty-six years. The Hurricanes, twenty-one years. 
in the, the Super Rugby. Western Bulldogs, 62 years. Cronulla Sharks, 50 years. And just throw in Prince of Penzance, a 100-to-1 shot winning the, the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, winning the Melbourne Cup for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> um, to be fair, that was last year. But What's your favourite out of that? My favourite? Yeah. Leicester. I, I think the Cavs, Cavaliers. Yeah. That was they, they took down a much bigger opponent than Leicester did because the big four, as it were, in the Premier League all had shocking years last year. Were the Cavs down 3-1 in the final series? Down 3-1 to a team that had broken the NBA record for wins in a regular season. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, anyway, that's mine. That's yours. That's we, might, we might put this one out there as well on facebook.com slash a sporting discussion. Mm. Uh, but we've still got more to go, so keep moving. Yes, we had a suggestion on Twitter from at Latigre Watto. Do best sporting nicknames, please. Oh, well, if you ask that nicely, Latigre Watto. What's your favourite sporting nickname, AJ? I've got a few. I really like Blocker Roach. Steve Blocker Roach, former prop for Balmain Tigers in the old New South Wales Rugby League comp. What's the the genesis of Blocker? No idea. I just like it. I just think it sounds <laughs> just good. sounds good. But okay. I've, I've just reminded myself of one of my favourites, Ray Price, who used to play for Zimbabwe, pa- Parramatta. Oh, not the, not the Zimbabwean, <laughs> not the Zimbabwean spinner. and spinner. No, um, he his nickname was Mister Perpetual Motion. <laughs> Why? Well, it's fairly self-explanatory. He was always moving. Yeah. <laughs> It's a that's a long nickname to have to yell out on the on the field. Oh, I think on the field it was just Ray <laughs> or Pricey. Pricey, if you had enough time, Price Dog. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? Well, my favourite or one of my favourites is Matt Hilda, the former Cronulla, Gold Coast Titans, and Newcastle Knights player. Matt Hilda, his nickname Waltzing. That's good. Yes. We've we got, got some quality coming from Rugby League. Yeah. We? Well, I was going to say, one of my other favourites is in a similar vein is the English footballer Fitz Hall, one size. <laughs> we had a couple of people respond to, to that tweet. Latigra Watto himself or herself said, uh, Greg Brandy Alexander. Yeah, not bad. And Tim, the big fundamental Duncan. I like the big fundamental. One of my favourite, if not my favourite, NBA players of all time. We also had Simon Carolyn, Mark, the General Lee. That's a good one. I like that. We might keep this open. We'll yep. keep this one open. If you ever come up with a, well, if you ever come up, if you come across an interesting sporting nickname or you th- think of one that you think's hilarious, share it at mm. ASD underscore podcast on Twitter. AJ, there's one final thing in our topical recap, which took the internet by storm last yeah, week. Yeah, the internet was taken so much by storm that the power went out in South Australia. Exactly. Last week, Shane West suggested, what is the best commentated sport or who is the best sports commentator? There were a lot of suggestions or uh, nominations for Dennis Cometti in the, the AFL and also mm. his his swimming commentary as well, which... That's right. He's commentated some big big moments in the pool. Yeah. He, he did a Kieran Perkins. He did Kieran Perkins yeah, from right. Lane 8. Lane yes. 8. <gasps> Lane 8, Kieran Perkins. Oh. We also had a couple of nominations for WWE being uh, a well-commentated sport. Yeah. 
Leave it out. And Not a sport. I'll, yes, Entertainment event. Sports entertainment. Uh, yes, Shane West uh, and myself uh, in that. And uh, myself and Tim Sugarpova suggesting that both Jerry the King Lawler and Jim J.R. Ross for wrestling. I was wondering where Tim Sugarpova had been. We haven't heard from him for a while. Well, he also can't stand Brian Taylor's style. He's a big fan of Tim Lane and Jim Maxwell. Well, that's an interesting one because with Dennis pulling the pin, there's talk that Brian is the next in line to take over and yep. when Brian has the big games he tends to dial it back a bit so he might change a few minds next year if he gets the gig when he is, yeah when he's the when he's the main man he's actually quite good when it's business time and not how good are the boys time yeah 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 we had a couple of uh, nominations for Phil Liggett so, yeah, legendary Phil Liggett cycling commentator yes Cole McKenna Claire Forbes and Fred Nurk I'm not sure if Fred Nurk is that person's real name but um Another Jeez, one. You're always ripping on the listeners. We, we rely on this. I know. I'm just <laughs> suggesting that Fred Nurk may not... It, it may, be, may be that person's name. Um, Sean McLaughlin threw out Chris Collinsworth. An yeah, NFL. he's great. He's great. He's really yeah. good. Yeah, I, I, don't, a, I don't follow the in a game that's In a game that's so, as complicated to follow as the NFL can be, he breaks it down and makes... If you sat down and it was your first ever game of NFL, he would be the commentator need to explain what the hell's going on. Okay. Similar to Gordon Bray uh, back in the day calling some union. Yeah, right, okay. And, uh, on that uh, you know, train of thought, Claire Forbes again, I thought Tams and Lewis did a bang-up job at the Olympics. Points for excellent technical knowledge made interesting and for handling Bruce with aplomb. <laughs> she, she was really, really good. She actually just told you what people were thinking during the race, why they were doing various things. So, yeah, I, I agree mm. with that, Claire. We're, we've also got some nominations for Murray Walker, who used to call the F1s, and Henri Leconte, who oh. calls the tennis. I can't stand him. Really? Yep. Well, it's a bit too full on for you? Uh, I don't understand. You don't understand what he says? No, I don't understand what he says. Oh, you don't um, understand him? I thought you said I can't stand no, him. No, I can't stand oh. him. <laughs> <laughs> to me, he's like a rodeo clown. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, he speaks very highly of you. Uh, yep. Cole McKenna suggested a line... Uh, from the darts commentator, I can't, I don't know the name of the darts commentary team, but Bobby Simpson might. But anyway, mm-hmm. he said he's doing mathematical equations in his head that would make Einstein turn in his grave. <laughs> <laughs> yes, wow, oh, that's good. <laughs> but let's let's run over a bit. We've got a bit of love for Tim Lane, uh, Dennis Cometti, Phil Liggett, uh, Joel McGregor suggested Richie Benno, um, Jonathan Agnew. And Henry Blofeld mm. doing the cricket. Yeah, I, li- I like Henry Blofeld. I love when Henry Blofeld gets bored and starts looking for pigeons and telling people all about what they're doing, that what the pigeons <laughs> are doing on the roof. Well, that's where I learned the phrase "like nobody's business." <laughs> um, and we've had uh, Claire Falls. We've got Fred Nurk. We've got yeah, uh, Diane Gray. Uh, this was a good one, Diane Gray. Yeah, I wasn't impressed with the NRL Grand Final commentators. All very one-eyed for the Sharks. I think there was even a collective moan from the commentator's box when the Storm scored. You'd think they'd be more professional and keep bias aside for such a big game. Well, you'd think that, but unfortunately that's how Channel 9 rolls for big games of rugby league. And they have and they will. They will and they will and they don't care what you say and they don't care what we say and they'll just keep doing what they do. And the last one on the list, AJ, is Adam Roberts. And he just said... See if you can track down the race caller who loses his voice or the race which is in fog. Oh, I remember both of those. But I'm, unfortunately, Adam, 
we can't play them on the podcast or we'll get sued. Oh, yeah, that's so right. So we will post links to that on facebook.com slash a sporting discussion and uh, keep the lawyers out of it. The losing of the voice is hilarious. It, it's a, a harness racing and eventually he just goes, nah, I'm done and just stops <laughs> for a bit. Um, Speaking of uh, favourite commentators and people talking about, uh, you know, ones that they also don't like, interestingly, this week, the Channel 9 have come out talking about the upcoming cricket season, saying that they want to get a little bit more diversity into the cricket commentary box. Have they actually said that or is that the talk? Oh, I thought that it was actually coming from Channel 9, but... I am yet to see anything from Channel 9, and I could be wrong. Okay. I'm happy to be proven wrong, but I un- the way I understood it was that there was talk that Cricket Australia have asked Channel 9 to review their commentary arrangements. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. Well, let's hope that they do review those commentary arrangements. Now, I've just got one more. Yep. Just to finish off, my favourite commentary duo. Mm-hmm. Michael the Voice Schiavello and Mark the Hammer Castanini, who do the kickboxing on Foxtel. Right. And they okay. do, they've done, you know, they've, they commentated the boxing and the kickboxing and Muay Thai and all of that on Foxtel for years and years and years. I don't know if they still do, but um, them together was absolutely brilliant. In terms of their technical knowledge or their entertainment value or both? Both. Look up, look up Michael the Voice Schiavello on YouTube, folks. It's, uh, it's brilliant. AJ, on Sunday night, just gone, the NRL season wrapped up with the Melbourne Storm playing the Cronulla Sharks in the grand final. Yep. We all know that the Cronulla Sharks were victorious. They took a two-point victory, which they almost coughed up right at the death. 14-12. 14-12 after 8-0 at half time and Cronulla absolutely whipping the pants off the storm. Mm, yeah, the, the the tackling effort was well immense. It was incredible. Cronulla. The storm the storm made four uh, sorry attempted 463 tackles in 80 minutes. That's huge. And they only missed 28. That's over 100 that's about 120 more than Cronulla did. In total. So Cronulla had the ball a lot. Cronulla had the ball a lot. And What's it's your... just Melbourne's defence. There's a graphic out there showing where Melbourne made their handling errors. Okay. And they made five inside their own 20. Right. And still, yeah. and still kept the Sharks out with all of those repeat sets. It was an incredible effort. And even after full time had blown, the Storm were a chance to, uh, to win the game on yeah. that last scramble play. Yeah, yeah, they the, the Cronulla. It was their like their their defense in the first half was really quick up on the Storm, mm. and in the in the entirety of the game, the Storm was just very good defensively. Yeah, what was what about your reaction to the game? We don't need to talk about you know how it all played out. No, What's no, your no. reaction to to Cronulla finally breaking through for their first premiership after fifty years in the competition? I thought I was going to be like, oh, you know. I don't care, but I like it. Well done. I think yep. it's great. It's their first premiership. It's their um, second grand final, I think. Uh, third, sorry, I'm, I don't include Super League. 
Um, uh, I, I believe it's their fourth if you include Super League and third if you don't. No, well, either way. Um, they've won their first. Um, well done, Michael Ennis, Paul Gallen. Uh, mm. Deserve it. They played really, really well. Uh, Andrew Fafita played an incredible game and he's been incredible all season on and off the field. And we'll just leave that there. Um, I, I was impressed with his restraint on the on the dais when he was receiving his, his <laughs> ring. Um, well, there was a bit of talk that he should have received the Clive Churchill medal, but it went to Luke Lewis, who Luke Lewis played a hell of a game too. Mm. Personally, I think it should have gone to uh, Maloney because of course that's who I tipped, yeah. Um, but no, Cronulla have been the best, one of the best, if not the best team all year. They went 16 weeks undefeated. Uh, they beat everyone everywhere. Um, they tapered off beautifully towards the end of the season and then just hit the finals as you need the finals to be hit. Um, knocked over the Raiders in week one in Canberra in front of 27,000 screaming green machine folks. Um, had a week off, whipped the Cowboys um, and then to to get past the Storm who were in that sort of defensive mood was just a fantastic gift. They've got a great bat lot, great back line. Valentine Holmes, Ben Barber, um, Jack Bird, who played the grand final with a, with his arm facing the wrong way. Oh, that's right. I think I, I read somewhere that a hyperextension of your elbow is considered bad when it goes five degrees. His went between 30 and 40 degrees. Well, on the telly, it looked like 90. But yeah, it, was, it, was, it wasn't good. But anyway, he's having surgery. He'll be out for a couple of months, but he doesn't care because he's got his grand final ring. Exactly. Um, I, I would just, yeah, congratulations to, congratulations to Cronulla. I think they've, they earned it. They were, easily, they were the best side. It wasn't a case of being the best side on the day at the grand final. They, they set up their whole year mm. after preliminary final disappointment last year to win, this, to win it this year. And they went out and did it. And there's been a lot of talk about Cameron Smith's gracious, uh, I don't know, like speech. I was going to say acceptance speech, but he wasn't accepting anything. He uh, was accepting the the, the, the defeat. filthy taste of defeat. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that that might have been a little bit overblown, all of the praise that he's mean? been given? No, so, no, no. I think you, uh, you've got to put that in context. Okay. They, they absolutely despise Cameron Smith over there in New South Wales and Cronulla fans. Anyone who doesn't go for Melbourne, basically, doesn't okay. like Cameron Smith. Right. Here in Melbourne, he's a, he's a god. He's a bang-up dude. One of the best players of all time. Mm. Um, but outside of Melbourne, he, he ain't very popular. Um, so they, you would have heard the very, very loud booing on the way up. Yep. And for him to turn them around like he did, and he, he got cheered off because it was a great – it was one of the best um, – uh, runner-up speeches, if you want to give, um, that I've ever seen across any sport. Okay, um, so ag- acknowledging the history of the moment, acknowledging yep. the effort of his own team, um, and then getting the hell out of there quickly enough so that Cronulla could enjoy their own win. All right, yeah, no, because I've I've read a few things, obviously, you know, that said it was it was brilliant, it was great, and I've read a few comments of people just going, oh, really? He just you know had a bit of an acceptance speech. Like, is it really uh, this? Magnificent moment, but well, where where have they been coming from? From Melbourne folk or from Sydney folk? Melbourne folk, yeah, that'd yeah. be why. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, what next for the Sharks? Are they going to be able to maintain that for next season, or will other teams and the teams? How? Well, my Raiders are winning next year. Okay. Yeah, my Raiders are winning next year. Um, Let, let's actually, you know what? That, that's a silly question to ask because there's a lot to play out before the start <laughs> of the season. Let's just do a quick recap All of right. the season. A very quick recap, but just one very, very quick thing looking yep. forward. Cronulla have about 14 or 15 or 16 players coming off contract. 
So uh, it'll be okay. very difficult for them to put the same squad together. Michael Ennis has retired. Yep. Paul Gallen won't be able to play week to week yep. next year, even though he's not playing Origin. Um, but with how that goes, he'll probably get picked for Origin anyway. So Cronulla next year, who knows? But well done to them in 2016. But 2016 season, highlights, lowlights. Obviously, the Canberra Raiders were one of your highlights. The Raiders and the Panthers. Yep. Uh, I really like the Penrith Panthers. Uh, they stormed down from the lower parts of the table to come up and finish uh, was it six, six. Or six, I think it was. Yep. And they knocked over Canterbury, who are a formidable finals team in week one. Uh, Canterbury was actually an interesting story during the season just for how they staggered along, really. Yeah, yep. Just when you thought they were all set up to make a real run at it, they just they just fell off, fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. Well, speaking of falling off the face of the earth, the Roosters. Well, yeah, that's Mitchell Pearce. Pre- Mitchell Pearce and Mitchell Pearce. Yeah, right. Well, when preseason, they and the the Rabbitohs were you know, the two teams to beat. The Rabbitohs finished twelve. Uh, not necessarily the Rabbitohs, but definitely the Roosters, who'd finished minor premiers for the four years in a row. Yeah, uh, well, going, yes. going into this year. Um, but then Mitchell Pearce uh, did what he did and copped what he copped. And yep. he missed the first 10 weeks, I think it was. Right. When he came back, uh, they were a com- they're a completely different side with him there. Okay. Say what you will about Mitchell Pearce. When he's playing, they are they are scores better side. Yeah, right. Um, that, and they shaped up towards the end of the season too. The other team you mentioned, the Rabbitohs, mm. were appalling at yeah. the start of the year. Uh, and just kind of floated along. But then uh, Michael Maguire was playing a lot of young fella, younger fellas yep. in key positions, and that started to click a little bit towards the end of the year. They took out some big wins. They won uh, their last four. Won their last four and uh, would have won their last five, but for a Cameron Smith field goal and then golden point penalty That's uh, right. to beat them in Melbourne. Mm. Um, and th- they had a kind of... They lost to the Raiders, I think it was 54-4 or something like that. Oh, yes. And from that game onwards, I think they lost to Melbourne by in Golden Point yep. and then won the rest of their games. And they've got – Michael McGrath's got their structures back. He's got their systems back. I think they'll be – and they've got, uh, more importantly, they've grabbed uh, David Ferner, for, oh, okay. who's the assistant coach for the Cowboys yep. and who is assistant coach Gold. Anywhere he goes, they win. Uh, they've got him next year helping Maguire as well. And playing those young fellas in the last sort of like the last part of the season can only stand them in good stead for, for next season. Yep. And they've brought in an older fella, Robbie Farrow, next year too. So it'll be interesting to see how they incorporate him. I just want to throw two teams out at you, AJ. One, Parramatta, and the other, Newcastle. If Parramatta didn't have their salary cap points deducted. Mm-hmm. I think they would have finished in the eight or yep. if not they would have finished below. eighth. Yep. Um Parramatta are a very good team, but they had to give up a lot of good players this year. Mm. Um Nathan Peets went to the Gold Coast. Uh Junior Paolo went to Canberra. Um Semi Radradra vanished off the face of the earth for a few weeks and then came back and yes. uh, I'd be surprised if he was there next year. Their coach Brad Arthur is one of the best in the game. Okay. Um, I think they'll they'll be play they'll play finals next year. Don't worry about that. This yep. year they were actually really good. They were really competitive for a team that was up against what they were against. Yeah. Okay. And then Newcastle they lost their last eighteen in a row. They won yeah. one game for the season. I think they set records for number of points against and those sort of things. Minus four hundred and ninety five point differential. Yeah, it's not good. If it's not a record, it should be. Yeah. <laughs> um, having said all that. I actually like what they're doing. They lost big 
they lost huge. But Nathan Brown, who's uh, coming to coach there, was playing younger than young fellas. Right. Uh, Satifi Twins. Uh, or is it Safi? I can't remember. Oh, anyway, the Twins. The Twins, yeah. Um, they've, they've come along well. They've brought in some good front rowers. They've got Jack Cogger, who's a good halfback, mm. um, who, who's being groomed to take over from Jared Mullen. Um, I liked what they were doing, but they're going to have to turn it into points. Yes. Premiership points because yeah. uh, I think Newcastle had one of the highest, or not highest, but a, a quite large crowd average this year because folks still turned out to watch them play because they understand what the what the team's trying to do and what the coaching staff are trying uh, to okay. do. Okay, um, I'm not sure they'll get that much grace next year. Yep, yeah. So that's that's Newcastle. So it was a good season. I liked it. I yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, I think there was a a bit of unpredictability. A bit the of finals. unpredictability. A lot more. A lot more open play. Yep. Origin series was good. Mm-hmm. Um, we're coming into a quad quad series now. Okay. Um, yep. Uh, the Australian teams just been announced with Fafita and Rodrada not being yeah named. left left out for character issues. Yes. Uh, and there's talk that that's going to carry over next year into the state of origin selection and all of those sort of things. But they say that, and yeah. then yeah, when push comes to shove, we'll see what happens. I think fair enough for Australia, but I think yeah. Pick and foraging, doesn't matter. So uh, a rating out of 10 for the season. I'm going to give it an 8. It was a season of history. Yep. Uh, Cronulla won. Uh, Melbourne played well. Some teams were down. Some of the big teams were down. Uh, but they'll come back next year. So I'm going to give it a, a solid 8 out Very of 10. Very good. Very good. Well, that moves us on to... We will switch codes. Yes, like the other Israel Folau. Oh, 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 you like that? Yeah. Uh, we will switch to the AFL, the Australian Football League, which was run and won grand final-wise last Saturday. The Western Bulldogs beating Sydney by, I believe, 21 points or 22, 22 points. That was just one of the more unlikely premiers that, well, that I can, can remember. Coming from seventh at the end of the home and away season after they had just been beaten by... Fremantle, who finished third from the bottom, uh, to then come back, get players back from injury and just launch an assault on the the flag. They beat last year's runner-up, then they beat last year's premier, then they beat the the AFL's Frankenstein that everyone thought was going to win their first of 10 premierships in a row. I certainly did. Yeah, And and then they beat Sydney, who are a seasoned grand final team. And... They did it just in, uh, I don't know, it wasn't... It, crash, wasn't it, it was crash and bash. It was crash and bash. Yeah. It wasn't... Everyone's saying that it was a good game of football. It was a close game of football. It was a rubbish game of football. Skills-wise, it was not a good spectacle. However, it was tight, it was tough, and there was the ball was spilling out everywhere. And, you know, you could... I think there was a, a little bit more to it because it was the Western Bulldogs. And, you know, Scori- had- scoring was at a premium because it was such a crash and bash game, I guess, and that kept it close. But I... I- I didn't think much of it, spectacle-wise, to be honest. No, and and again, plus the the Swans were getting hosed by the umpires throughout the game. I am normally not one to buy into that sort of thing, but deary me, some the, head scratches. The Western Bulldogs can throw the ball, like, <laughs> uh, but let's let's not no, no, take no, away. No, no. Don't let's, taint the fairy tale. No, even though over the course of the final series, the Western Bulldogs, I think, were something like seventy free kicks ahead of their opposition. Oh, they got the most free kicks in the competition for the whole season. But let's mm, not. All right, no, 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 that's all right. But AJ, let's not that. Uh, we're, we're being silly, Andrew. we are being silly, but. 
can we go? Correct. Can we silly. can we go serious and can we shoot Bambi? Yeah, go on. Robert Murphy. Ooh, I'll leave this to you. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, very unfortunate that he did his knee in round three. It was sad to see him, who had played 297 games for the Western Bulldogs, captain of the club, had been there through their, you know, sort of like turmoil times a couple of years ago when their, their coach left, their captain left, the club was a rabble. And he was their spiritual leader guiding them to the promised land. And he couldn't be there on grand final day. Are you sure? Luke Is he in all Beveridge, the photos I saw? Luke Beveridge did one of the most selfless acts. He stepped away from the microphone and was about to walk off and then went, actually, no, I'll go back. I want to give my medal to, to Bob Murphy. Mm. Brilliant. That was great. But then... So Bob Murphy has a coach's medal, has a, yeah, <laughs> has he a has, Jock McHale medal. medal. But what he also has is a photo in perpetuity of he and Easton Wood holding up the Premiership Cup. That is the only time that there is not the coach and the captain holding up that cup. Does that matter? I don't I think don't, Luke Bigbridge cares. I don't know. He might not now, but... Every, well, and they'll then, win more flags. Of course they will. And <laughs> then... Every other photo and footage that I've seen of the Premiership Cup being hoisted by Easton Wood in an official capacity has Robert Murphy on the other side and not Luke Beveridge. You know he's the captain. You know that he didn't play. You know that Matthew Primus was the captain of Port Adelaide in 2004 and he did his knee in round three, ironically against Hawthorne as well. And no one saw him up on the the Premiership dais. You know it's... The dogs haven't won a flag in what fifty six years or whatever sixty six years. You know that Port Adelaide had never won a flag. Well, not in the AFL. <laughs> so look, it's it, that might. So be... what, what's your point here? What are you trying to say? You've, you've given me all these examples. What are you trying to say? Oh, I just think that the the media love fest for um, and, and and the the suggestion now that the AFL should strike another medal for for so that Bob Murphy can have one, is just a little bit over the top. And it's taking away from this brilliant story of the Western Bulldogs coming from seventh is against really? all odds. Oh, I think it is. Do you know what? Earlier in the season, when Bob Murphy did do his knee, mm. when the Bulldogs were at full tilt, they took it to everyone. Yep. They were going to beat Hawthorne in that game, uh, but Bob Murphy did his knee trying to get to the contest to spoil the last kick. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd beaten Sydney... Uh, in Sydney as well, when they're when they were at full strength, they'd beat everyone. Yes. Then they had a stack of injuries. Yep. And then the week off at the end of the season gave them all of their players back except for a couple, mm-hmm. uh, Redpath who couldn't, Wallace who couldn't because yep. their knee, knee and leg injuries were so bad. So they're all but at full strength. And why are people so surprised that after a week off to freshen up, they they won? They're a bloody good team. They're a good team. Yeah, I don't. But yeah, look, let's that that's just that's something that I guess over the the last few days, I I think that there's just been a little bit too much focus on that and not enough on the fact that it's been 62 years since they 62. That's the one since they won their their last premiership. It was 50. Uh, 55 years since they had even been in a grand final. It's wonderful story. There's so many, like the young players were the ones who stood up. Tom Boyd stood up he was He was my choice for best on ground, but they never give it to the tall fellas. No, not at all. But he was the most influential when it counted. What else have we got? You know, you know what? In the days after the game, mm. 
and well, even during the game, was the Bulldogs bandwagon packed. Oh, yeah. Every journo was writing all this soppy crap about the Western Bulldogs and, oh, they've won and this, that and the other. I'm just going to read you two tweets. Okay. I'm not going to name them. This is just two tweets picked at random. Luke Beveridge giving his medal to Bob Murphy was the final piece in one of the most beautiful jigsaw puzzles I have ever seen. Hashtag AFLGF. Right. And then the one directly underneath that. That selfless act will be spoken about and remembered for decades to come. That's just a taste of the crap that was being served up after the game. Just focus on the game. Focus on the fact that it was a wonderful story. I'm trying to focus on the no, fact no, that it was no, a wonderful... No, it I'm keeps so- getting rammed down my throat how wonderful the story was, which makes me think, well, hang on. I was going to say, no, not you. The the the, the people who are writing those tweets, the, the people who are writing all of those articles. I've got to say, though, the day after at the Western Oval, when there would have been twenty five to 30,000 fans all on the Oval singing the song when the, with the team when that they got bought cool. out, that was yeah. amazing. I that really like that. And it's good. You can't be gross to fans, but oh, God, no. it was the jumper honours that I'm potting. Here. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Sid- Jump, jumper honours. Sydney, they will be looking at a couple of blokes. They'll be looking at Jared McVeigh and Callum Mills and wondering whether they should have played them. They will be looking at Kurt Tippett and Gary Rowan and wondering what happens to them in grand finals. Mm-hmm. They were horrible this year and they were horrible in 2014. Well, I would wager that having players who don't perform in grand finals isn't isn't really that bad a problem to have. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. They will, they'll, they'll be a force again next year. Sydney, they'll be a force again next year. The Western Bulldogs. Mm. I think that the Greater Western Sydney Giants will be a force for the next 25 years. But mm. let's look back at the season. Look at the season overall. What, what was your take on it? Fremantle, what on earth happened to them? They No one saw that coming, did they? No, ending with four victories after they, they won a couple of games late in the season. And they've missed out on Jesse Hogan. It uh, looks like they'll get Cam McCarthy. They missed uh, out on Rory Lobb. Missed out on Rory Lobb. Nobody wants to go to Fremantle, it seems. No, which mm. is very interesting. I wonder if that's... A, uh, I don't want to go to a Ross Lyon team, or I just don't want to go to Perth or Fremantle. You've, you know, you're bottomed out horribly. Mm. But, uh, I don't know. Fremantle could could just as easily do the same, or yep. they could just as easily pop up and finish top again. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. North Melbourne was a another interesting story from the season. They won their first nine games. People will say that it was a, a soft draw that they had, but. You beat, you beat who you got. You beat who you beat, and they won nine in a row to be top of the pops. Uh, they only won three games then for the rest of the season and were summarily dismissed. They shouldn't have made the eight. They were lucky to make the eight. It was just the fact that everyone from nine down was garbage this year. Will Yeah, St Kilda came good towards the end of the season. Port they got some things to look forward to. Yeah, Port Adelaide were garbage. Melbourne were their normal self where they... They were good. I liked Melbourne. Yeah, they were until they needed to be. Well, until they play a team they're supposed to win, they go, oh, yeah, we'll just roll up and here we go. Collingwood had a few issues. Jamie Elliott not getting on the park, I think, was a, a huge mm. one for them. But we said at the start of the year that they didn't have a, a defence and they didn't have anyone to, to kick goals, and mm. that was proven. I thought they played pretty... Collingwood were pretty good. Yeah, they beat GWS. They had, they had more injuries than the Bulldogs, but they weren't able to sneak into second and get a week off. That's um, correct. Collingwood and North Melbourne were the two worst injury hit sides. That's right. And and Frio was quite bad as well. And the Gold Coast, woof, theirs was the worst. But it was uh, just on Collingwood. 
What's his name? The guy from GWS, Adam Trelaw. Adam Trelaw. Oof, he'll Re- win a brown though. Recruit of the year. Yep. He was he was brilliant for Collingwood. Yeah, whatever they paid, it was was wasn't was enough. Well, yeah, Dane who? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one last one. The Brisbane Lions. They were Oof. horrible. I expected a bit more out of them, but I don't know how much more. On and off field, they were bad. Uh, let's go again with a, a rating. I don't think I gave my rating for the NRL. No, you didn't. Season. Quick, do your NRL. Eight point five. Eight point. Whoa, geez. Yep. All right. What about your AFL? Seven. Seven. Yeah. Why? Give your rationale. We're on a sporting discussion, we don't just give numbers and leave them hanging, don't we? Uh, I, I just didn't think that the the quality of the football was anywhere near as good as it has been in recent years. And there were some just complete and utter trash sides going around. And yeah, I, I just wasn't necessarily inspired by the season. Seven out of ten. I'm giving it a four. Oh! And let me get this on the record. This was one of the worst seasons of AFL football in history. Wow. Everyone from nine down was rubbish. Everyone from one to eight was not that good either. Yeah. I, am I wrong? You're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. Uh, well, uh, something may- tells me this might find its way to Twitter at ASD underscore podcast or Facebook.com slash the sporting discussion. But tell me I'm wrong. Prove me wrong, folks. And with what you're saying, it actually made for a pretty good final series, though, because one to eight was so even. Yeah, well, there's even and then there's good. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Geelong had no business getting to a preliminary final. Hawthorne had no business getting as far as they did. Hawthorne uh, should have missed the eight. GWS should be disgusted with how they went out. Yep. Um, the Western Bulldogs are the team that was able to rise above it all and win the premiership. It yep. was anyone's to get, and it's not because it was an even tight competition. It's because the skill level was atrocious. The quality of games was even worse. Um, there was no uh, – the, the young talent coming through isn't, isn't that good. And I think oh, – I was thinking about it the other day, um, and it's more – I think it's the compromised drafts coming home to roost. Yep, where all the players went to the Gold Coast and GWS. Mm-hmm. All the good players the Gold Coast drafted were injured this year, couldn't play. Yep. GWS's players are all starting to come good, but they're also spreading around the competition a little bit. But the quality's not raised. People haven't been able to draft as well as they have before. Um, people haven't been able to uh, plan their teams as, as well as they can before. And you've seen teams, Collingwood, I think Geelong as well, have traded away their first round draft picks this year mm-hmm. uh, in an attempt to stay relevant. Yep. So to speak. So I don't know. Am I am I being a bit grinchy here? Am I wrong? Nope. I just think I really didn't I didn't think much of this year's AFL season. I can't lie. AJ, we have three seasons of sport about to commence. The A-League, the NBL and the WNBL. We're going to be talking to our soccer, or sorry, football and basketball experts in the next couple of weeks. But let's just quickly... Yep. Go through now this. Now, we've, we've dragged on a bit here, so I'm setting a six-minute time limit for us to wrap up the show. All right. All right, you ready? Go. And go. This week, this Friday, Brisbane Raw play Melbourne Victory at Suncorp Stadium to kick off A-League season 2016-17. Uh, we'll leave it at that because we are going to talk to our football expert, Paddy Bordier, next week. He's coming back uh, to give us a rundown of how the season's going to go. Tim Cahill, Tim Cahill, Tim Cahill. This <laughs> Thursday night, uh, the NBL kicks off. The Brisbane, the reborn Brisbane Bullets playing the Premier's uh, last year's champions, Perth Wildcats. 
Uh, what have we got? Uh, Townsville Crocs have folded. Brisbane Bullets come back. Andre Lamanis is coaching the Bullets. Andre Lamanis is the head coach of the Australian Boomers, the men's team. And Cameron Bairstow has signed for the Brisbane Bullets as well. He is, but he's injured at the moment. Uh, we'll have to... Anyway, we're going to be talking about that in the weeks to come. The WNBL kicks off this Friday. The Sydney Uni Flames are playing the Perth Lynx. Townsville Fire reigning champions. Uh, still no TV rights, but we're going to talk to someone about that in the next, probably next week to mm-hmm. do a proper season preview. Um, and that's enough for that. Andrew, one day cricket has started in Australia and we're still playing over in South Africa. What have we got? Well, we're not really playing over in South Africa. South Africa oh, are yeah. playing. <laughs> we're there. Yeah. We're there. The Australian bowlers have been absolutely flogged all over the park. Joe Many, Chris Tremaine and Dan Worrell. But... They're actually all... Hidings to nothing. How can, you, how can you give someone their first game on an absolute carpet yeah. uh, facing some of the best one-day hitters in the world? Yeah, Quinton de Kock and Faf Duplessis have both scored ridiculously fast centuries and large centuries. Adam Zamp has been okay with the ball. John Hastings has been okay with the ball. But many Tremaine and Worrell, they're not one-day bowlers. They... Uh, last year in the Matador Cup, Joe Many took seven wickets at 50. Dan Worrell took three wickets at 46. And Chris Tremaine had not played a one-day game for two years. But, was, <laughs> but he was. they were all selected for the recent quadrangular series. So is this because of injury? Pattinson, Cummins, uh, Mitch Stark? Uh, yeah. What's his... Uh, Coulton Nile is hurt. Coulton Nile's always hurt. Who's the other one? Uh, Pat Cummins. I already said that. Oh, I just thought we'd say anyway. There's another. Always hurt <laughs> there's another tall uh, bowler who's always injured, and he's injured again. But I just wonder why Kane Richardson's not playing. Obviously, John Hastings is. It's a, a good opportunity to give some more game time to to AJ Ty. Uh, maybe throw in like Mark Steckity, Ben Cummick, Ben Cutting, Sean Abbott, who is an upcoming all rounder. Mm. I think the, these are the sort of thing uh, series where you can give genuine one-day bowlers an opportunity rather than like four-day bowlers and say, I'll try and, you know, break your way into the test team uh, via the one-day side, which is what they did with Nathan Bracken. Mm. So is it just a matter of getting him into the setup and getting him used to things and not really caring what happens on the field ahead of the Australian summer? It almost looks like that. The the batsmen, I've got to say, have been even worse. Everyone Mm. except for Steve Smith in the first two games reached at least 30 and there was only a couple of half centuries, I think, uh, George Bailey with 74 was the highest score. All right. Now, the Matador Cup, the one-day competition has started, Andrew. We're going to get to this quickly. Yes. Uh, a few no. games in Brisbane and Perth and then moving on to New South Wales. Yeah, the Cricket Australia 11 is playing again. They got absolutely flogged last year, but they've started out okay. They lost to Queensland by three wickets in a high-scoring game. They had Gibson and Bazisto making runs for for them, which is, which is good. That's good. Neither Young, young kids to fire. Absolutely. Matt Renshaw made runs for Queensland as well, which is good. WA in South Australia played out a tie. Adam Voges scored 51, which is mm. not really great in terms of young fellas. Nathan mm. Rimington took four for 34, which is not great well, in terms not, of yeah. young fellas. Uh, good, good for WA. Oh, it's good for WA. Good on them. Queensland beat Tasmania by one run in the Duck by Duckworth Lewis method. Boring. Manus Labushania. Labushagni. Scored 51. <laughs> he is the guy who took an absolute screamer at short leg a couple of seasons ago as a substitute fielder. So, look, there's been a couple of 
promising performances in the first three games of the Matador Cup. Those games, as you said, are in Brisbane mm. and Perth at the moment. They'll be moving on to New South Wales to finish off the tournament shortly. The more that, uh, or the quicker that Australia can get out of South Africa, the better. Mm. And, the right. qu- and the quicker that Mitchell Stark can recover from his sliced leg which he ran into some fielding equipment the better as well and the quicker we can get out of this show the better so don't worry folks the A-League preview the NBL preview the WNBL preview are coming over the next week or two Uh, a very quick announcement that Channel 9 just on the day of our recording here have announced that they are going to broadcast Socceroos World Cup qualifiers so SBS's uh, drop is Channel 9's gain because they got rid of those through the Optus and Premier League, they did. They issue, ditched. They? they ditched the Socceroos and the World Cup so that they could have uh, one Premier League game uh, every Saturday night. I hope it was worth it. SBS, uh, sign us off, Andrew. If you have an issue that you'd like to talk about next week, hit us up on Twitter at ASD underscore podcast or facebook.com slash a sporting discussion. We will reply. Tweets or comments will be signed off with either AJ for AJ Mithen or AD for Andrew Donison. That is me. Tell your friends to describe to a sporting discussion on whatever podcast service they use. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, Player FM, or listen via Wooshka, who are the lovely folk who host our audio. You can listen to them on their app or the desktop. Make sure you leave us a review view. AJ, will you be doing a season wrap on rugbyleaguehub.com? Going to do club by club. Are you back on Triple R this Monday? Monday mornings. We have five seconds left. Thanks for listening. We will be back next week.